0: Well, our culture is very confused about what life is all about. Uh, there's so many things that compete for our attention uh, that as important. So family usually gets a Guernsey towards the top of people's lists as to what's most important, but so does health and friends. Uh, Amanda Gore is a US author and speaker, and she says that the single most important thing in life is how you feel about yourself. Other lists I found included living your dreams, investing in relationships, wealth, education, security. Our culture has lots of things it thinks are really important. And our culture also prides itself on giving us all the freedom to choose what we think is the most important. Personal, individual freedom. That's one of the hallmarks of our culture And so when it comes to something so central as to what your life is about, in our day, it's essential that we get to choose for ourselves what we live for. That's just a given. It's an unquestionable right. Choosing for ourselves what we'll do with our lives, that's just life. It's normal. It's a given. And we need to be aware that this is the world that we live in because it can be easy to get swept up into the way our world thinks. That there's so much you could do in life, so much you could be in life, and you can choose who you want to be and what you want to do. But brothers and sisters, as Christians, by definition, we have voluntarily rejected the so-called right to choose what our lives are about. And we haven't done this reluctantly. We're not unwilling in giving up having a say in what our lives are about. Christianity, by definition, is in part agreeing with God that when we do take charge of our lives, we get it wrong. Not simply misguided, but wrong. We believe that running our lives our way deserves nothing less Than the judgment of God. And so, as followers of the Lord Jesus, we're done with choosing for ourselves what to live for. We're done with being in charge of our lives. We've turned our backs on the world and its ways. And instead, we now have asked God for forgiveness for living our way. We recognize that in Jesus, we have the death of the Son of God to pay for our sins. And so, we have gone to God for forgiveness. We now gladly submit to Him. We listen to him tell us what our lives are about. God has given us new lives in Christ. And so he reveals to us even who we are. And he tells us what our new lives are for. And this morning we're looking at one of those parts of the Bible where God just lays it all out for us. He spells it out in black and white that what our new lives are for, they are for his son. In the verses we're looking at, Paul speaks very personally about how important Christ is to him and what he's willing to do for the Philippians and their lives in Christ and is all to impress upon us, the readers, just how important the Lord Jesus is so that no matter what happens, we would live our lives for Christ as well. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to first see the importance of Christ to Paul before thinking about our own appreciation of Christ. So let's see the importance of Christ to Paul And I hope that uh, you noticed as the verses were read out to us just how personal Paul is in this section. Uh, In eight verses, he says, I, me, or my, 19 times. He is telling us a lot about himself. And almost all of it is about how important the Lord Jesus is to him because he wants us to feel the weight of just how important Christ is so that we'll live for him too. And you'll see on your outline that Paul lets us in on what he knows, what he expects, what he thinks, as well as what he wants. We'll start with what Paul knows, and we'll pick it up right at the end of verse 18. So look at it there, right at the end of verse 18. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Okay, so from last week, you'll recall that Paul's in prison. He was preaching Christ. The authorities locked him up in jail for it. Here in verse 19, he says he knows that he'll be delivered, that God's going to get him out of prison. Now, this will become important as we keep reading, so just file that away for the time being. What does Paul know? He knows that God will deliver him from prison, which brings us to what Paul expects, because at this stage, he's still in prison. But Paul expects that whether he's in prison... Whether he's released or even if he should be executed, Paul expects to exalt Christ. He'll honour Christ, whether by life or by death. Have a look at verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Now, they are extraordinary words, aren't they? Paul expects that he will in no way be ashamed of Christ. He expects to have sufficient courage to see Christ exalted, even if his imprisonment means death. Paul's expectation is that even as the guards come to execute him, even as they bind his body to the frame to flog him, even as the executioner unsheaths his sword, even if it comes to the cold, callous brutality of being slaughtered, Paul expects that he will in no way be ashamed. He will not take a backward step. He will not deny Christ. He will not be ashamed of Jesus. Christ will be exalted in his body, whether by life or by death. When I was in year 12, one of my friends was a guy named Damien, and I'd been talking to him for a while, about Jesus, he wasn't a Christian. And one day we were in English together, and as part of the lesson, our teacher asked the class if anyone was willing to die for a cause. There was a silence that hung in the room. I knew that my answer was meant to be yes, but I was too embarrassed to put my hand up. And when the teacher moved the lesson on, I leant over and I whispered to Damien, now that I've thought about it, Yeah, I'd be willing to die for Jesus. Now, who was I kidding? I couldn't even stick my hand up in front of my classmates, let alone die for him. Really? That's not Paul, though, is it? Paul says, I eagerly expect that I will in no way be ashamed. Christ means so much to Paul that even if it should come to execution, he will not deny his Lord. Now, why is Paul so loyal to Christ? Why is he so willing to even lose his life for Jesus? It's because of what Paul thinks about Christ. It's because of what Paul's convicted of about Christ. That Christ is Paul's very life. And that even if Paul should die, that would actually be better for him. Christ has that much of a hold on Paul. Have a look at verse 21. Paul's just said that he expects to exalt Christ, whether by life or by death, because verse 21, four, to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. It is hard to say that someone means more to you than what Paul's saying here to me, to live is Christ To me, to live is Catherine. Everything about my life is all about her. Every second of every minute of every hour of every day, I'm constantly thinking of her, wanting what's best for her. There's not a single aspect of my life that's not deeply and profoundly affected by her. Now, you'd be glad to know that's not true. I love my wife, don't get me wrong. I love her dearly, but she's not God But it's that kind of thinking here. For Paul, everything about life finds its meaning in Christ. Christ defines his life. Christ is his life. For Paul, to live is Christ. All of his dreams and goals and desires are centred on Christ. All of his decisions and plans and motivations found in Christ. Christ means this much to him. Christ is this much to him. And yet there's something even better out there. There's something that tops even this. Because for Paul to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Death tops this life in Christ. To die would be to gain over and above living in Christ. Now, how could that be true? I mean, for us, I think we would put this the other way around. We would say... To live is gain, and to die is Christ. Because we're very happy here in this life. We don't want to die. So much left to see and do. There's kids and grandkids to watch grow up. There's places in Australia I still haven't been to. So many good things to be had in this life. To live is gain, and there is so much to be gained. And to die, well, yes, that'll be good. I'll be with Jesus, but... Just not yet, please. I'm still happy here. To live is gain. To die is Christ. Friends, if you think like this, you just don't get how great it will be to be with Jesus. Let's not get enticed into the way of the world and the way it sees life. For Paul, to live is Christ. Not... To live is to see the Great Barrier Reef, followed by Uluru, followed by the Kimberleys. No, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, exactly what Paul means by to live is Christ and to die is gain is explained in the next few verses, where Paul turns to what he wants, because he wants to do both things. He wants to live, to live in the here and now for Christ, but he also wants to die So which wins out and why? Well, let's take a look as Paul tells us what he wants. Verse 22. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Can you hear Paul's anguish here? To live or to die. Paul's torn between the two. That is not the way we think, is it? There's a real internal struggle going on here for Paul. What shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. So why would he want to die? Well, verse 23, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Now, look, just to be clear, uh, Paul's not, hear that word? Paul's not suicidal here. Uh, He's already said that to live is Christ. There is much meaning and purpose in this life. It's just that Paul knows that what comes after death is to be with Christ, which is better by far than anything in this life, because even though in this life we have Christ by his spirit, and even though he, he floods our life with meaning and significance, it's still this life, in this world, in this broken, fallen, tragedy-riddled world. And we're still in our bodies of sin. And so every day we have to wrestle with our sinful natures and the sinful natures of those around us. But when we die, we leave these bodies of sin and death behind. We leave this broken world behind and all we will know is being with Christ. And that, dear friends, is better by far. And Paul wants this. He desperately wants this. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. He wants to die and to be with Christ. Christ means that much to him. But Paul also wants to live. Paul's torn between the two, he says. He really wants to live. Not for his sake, though. Not because it would be good for him. Have another look at verse 24. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Paul wants to live for the sake of the Philippians. And he fleshes out what he means by this in the next verse. Look at it there, verse 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Paul knows that it's more necessary for the Philippians that he keep on living and convinced of this, he's sure that God will therefore keep him alive for the Philippians' progress and joy in the faith. This is why, back up in verse 19, Paul knows that he'll be delivered because it's best for the Philippians that he keeps living and not be executed so that he can see them grow in their understanding and appreciation of Christ, to see them live their lives where they boast in Christ. This is what Paul means by to live is Christ. If he goes on living, it'll be for the sake of Christ in others. To live is Christ is to labor for others, to see them grow in their love and understanding and boasting in Christ. So what does Paul want? He wants to die, to be with Christ, but he also wants to live, to see the Philippians boast in Christ. Now, friends, as we worked our way through the verses, you're getting a sense of the importance of Christ to Paul. It's hard not to, isn't it? Particularly from what he expects and thinks and wants expecting to exalt Christ even in death, thinking that to live is Christ and to die is gain, wanting to die and yet wanting to live, but all for the sake of Christ. And Paul's revealing so much of himself to us because he wants us to feel the weight of just how significant Christ is so that we would live for him too, so that we appreciate the importance of Christ. Because if Christ meant this much to Paul, then Christ really must be important. When I went to uh, university, there was a fantastic Christian group on campus and every year in the mid-year break, they'd run a conference uh, called Mid-Year Conference, MYC it was called. And uh, I tell you, these conferences were great. Uh, the Bible teaching coming out of your ears, a bit like uh, the convention that's coming up in August. And, and I learnt and I grew so much at these conferences there's a guy that uh, I know was a bit ahead of me at uni. We're going to call him Tom. And when Tom was in first year at uni, he wasn't that keen on going to myc. He wasn't sure that it was all that what was cracked up to be. He didn't think it was that important, you know, not worth the hassle, bit of a beat up really. And so when a fourth year student asked him if he was going to go to NYC, Tom said, nah, haven't got the money. Perhaps not the entire truth, but at least he was polite. But the fourth-year student didn't let Tom off the hook so easily. He replied with, that's okay, I'll pay for you. Now, when one uni student says to another uni student, I'll pay for you, <laughs> you know it's got to be good. And it shifted Tom's thinking immediately, if this guy's willing to pay for me to go to Myc, it must be important. It's that sort of thing going on here between Paul and the Philippians. The Philippians are meant to be thinking, if Paul's willing to die for Christ, if Paul would rather die so he could go to be with Christ, and if Paul's even wanting to stay alive so that we'll boast in Christ, then Christ, he must be ridiculously important. This is what Paul wants us to appreciate. The sheer significance of the Lord Jesus so that we would live our lives for him too. Now, we're going to look at this in more detail next week, but just come with me for a quick look at verse 27, just the next verse. After all that Paul has said about himself and his commitment and his understanding of Christ, what does Paul want of the Philippians? Look at verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Paul wants them to understand the worth of Christ, the value of Christ, the importance of Christ so that they'll conduct themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, as I said, we're going to think about this, how we do this more next week. But for now, brothers and sisters, what God is wanting us to come to terms with is just how significant, how important, how valuable is The Lord Jesus, that we would consider him to be the treasure beyond price, that our faith in him would be more precious to us than gold, that we would appreciate just how crazy brilliant it is that we even know the Lord Jesus. Paul could say to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain." What do we say? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that by your spirit, please fill us with the joy and the conviction of Christ Jesus, the glorious Lord and Saviour. That, Father, we would conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of his gospel. And we ask it that in everything we do, in all that we think and feel and decide and say, Father, in everything, that we would exalt Christ, whether by life or by death. Amen.